0: In this episode, I talked to Jordan Thompson. Jordan is a very gifted musician who is bringing a unique approach to the idea of ceremony and worship. Through his music, he is inviting people to share a place of vulnerability and experience themselves fully. Jordan's insights on teaching, play, and ceremony were very life-giving for me. I loved this conversation. I hope you do too. Enjoy. <laughs>
1: What's your medium right now, like Ableton or FL Studio? Dude, right now I'm recording into voice memos. Okay.
0: But I've found that like voice memos records really well as long as you have, as long as it's going through something. So like if it goes through this, if it goes through my mic, it records yeah. really well. Then on my iPad, I use this uh, software called uh, Ferrite, Okay. And it's all um, it's on my iPad. So I had it on my iPad. Okay. Because my, my um, laptop is like almost all, it's a Chromebook, and it's mm. almost all internet based. Yeah. So it has like really low processing power. Yeah. Um, so it, I had to do something that was like on the iPad, and that was the one I found. Yeah.
1: It works pretty well. I've been waiting for them to do it. Logic, like a condensed Logic, version of Logic that will run on an iPad. I think it would be so cool because it's so rare that I'm using the maximum of my... Mm-hmm. You know, it's not like I'm recording 16 tracks at a time very often. You right. know what I mean? That's only a couple times in my life if I really need it that much. Usually it's one at a time. And it's like, I think an iPad is to the point where it could handle it can. a software like that. Yeah.
0: Well, and that's kind of what this is. It's a little bit reminiscent. Like, it has themes of like logic Mm -hmm. um but i feel like what it did is it took like a lot of those platforms a lot of the daws and it just like made them friendly for that space of like dragging and right yeah there is like little annoyances where like if you try like say for instance like volume like if i'm trying to automate volume Mm -hmm. you have to do it with your finger but like say i have like a point that i want to get rid of you have to like pull it and like flick it and then oh. i will like go away, but it doesn't always work right. You can't like select a review or something. So I feel like, yeah, it'd be nice to have like a really professional company, like Logic or Ableton or something like that, do mm-hmm. it, because then they could constantly be like making those quality of life changes and like user interface changes, because mm-hmm. that's the biggest issues I feel like I've had so far with it is like little stuff like that that. In the long run, in the grand scheme of things, like, take ends up taking a lot longer to do it. Yeah. Like, if you have to mess with like, flicking yeah. The, yeah, flicking the note off of the volume. <laughs> yeah.
1: So. I mean, and it like we are at a pretty cool place too, you know, where it's like mm-hmm. I can't automate the volume on my on my screen only device. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's like
0: yeah, the fact that I'm sitting in a coffee shop editing. Mm. A podcast on my iPad. Yeah, high definition audio is ridiculous. Yeah, <laughs> it's absolutely ridiculous. So cool. How is that? How has that changed how you do things?
1: Because like I'm like the first generation of people who. That's all I know. Mm. Like, because I grew up, we. Had, my dad had a. My dad got into Apple products. Really, I guess early. He was an early adopter of Apple products. Was super into the iPad when the first like thirty gig iPod iPod came out, with the little scroll wheel. Like it had four click functions, a center click function, and a scrolling that scrolling uh, wheel function. Yeah, didn't you
0: have to like select? Everything was like selected through scrolling on the wheel.
1: Yes, you so so you'd like scroll, 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 click the middle, scroll, click the middle, scroll, click the middle, and. Um, so he was super into that one. We used that for like all the tracks that we did when he would, when we would go to from church to church or whatever playing. Mm-hmm. And he got a MacBook, you know, pretty early too. Like he had a MacBook, and that was his computer. So that's the computer we all had access to. And I found GarageBand on there, mm-hmm. which is GarageBand is like that base, you know, probably similar to the what you're using, like in terms of what you can do on it. Mm -hmm. Um, except it was on a MacBook, you know, and it just gives, I think it was either free on all the laptops or like $5, it may be $5 now, but
0: it comes free now. I don't know if it did back then. I think it
1: did come free, but anyways, I just started recording on that and I would literally record on the built-in, either on the built-in microphone in the computer or plug in headphones and record on the built-in on the Apple headphones. Mm -hmm. Um. And I've made a ton of recordings that way.
0: How old do you think you were when you started doing that? Fifteen. And were you still, like, were you still traveling as a family and stuff?
1: You know, it makes me question the age I just gave you. Because I don't have any distinct memories of recording myself while we were still traveling. So it may have been around sixteen. Sixteen, yeah. seventeen. Yeah. But I would stay up all night. I would just stay up all night and like always be like recording something or. Yeah. sometimes I would get real serious about it. sometimes it would be just playful. but yeah, I really didn't even learn how to use all the functions of the software. I was just I knew how to use some of them and got creative with how to use it. And the cool thing about GarageBand, I thought was when I started using logic, like I had a friend who got logic. And we like kind of co-made this album using his Logic stuff and my GarageBand stuff. And what I thought was so cool was like they updated GarageBand slowly towards how it feels to use Logic, and they updated Logic towards how it felt to use GarageBand. Hmm. So when I switched and actually got professional recording software later, you know maybe as like a 22-year-old,
0: yeah,
1: I was I like knew where most of the functions were, you know that I was used to. Yeah. And so, um, that's, that was kind of the evolution of it is like, now I'm pretty comfortable on this like professional recording software, at least for anything I need to do, you know? Right. right? Cause you can
0: go as deep as you want. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. The,
1: what is available with that stuff? I don't like, I could probably benefit a lot from doing one of the masterclass programs or like a, you know, a, 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 course on logic. I could probably benefit a lot from that, but yeah just for what i want to do and like for where my where my inspiration leads me i can always find out what i want to do the next yeah. thing you know
0: and i i did the almost the same thing but i used fl studio yeah so when i was like in high school i was probably like it's probably like 17 16 or 17 when i first started but that's What I did, but instead of with the recording for the most part, Mm -hmm. I just messed around with the production side of it. Samples, loops, yeah, Yeah, and like making like making beats, and then recording people. And um, I have memories of putting a mic on like a piece of cloth, sitting on a mic stand and stuff.
1: Oh yeah, dude, I I recorded this song, or we recorded me and my band, the first band I was in, or not the first band I was in, but the first like band of mine that I was in. Where I was like the creative lead or whatever on it. Um, we recorded a whole EP on a uh, rock band mic. Like the USB mic that comes in a rock band kit. Yeah. Uh, and every every part of it we recorded with that. And got played on the radio. And like, it was just like, that. we didn't know that there was no reason we shouldn't be able to do it. Right. So we just did it like literally with one mic, a rock band mic. Recorded every instrument, and released this music. And the radio station, ninety six five Buzz, the radio station was like featured us on there. What uh, was the name? Homegrown of the band? Buzz or whatever. Uh, Honest Cowboy. Honest the name of the Cowboy.
0: Yeah. What was the song?
1: Uh, there were a couple. One was uh, one for Jenny. Welcome to Niceville, and. King of Utopia, yeah, yeah.
0: Did you like have like a Jordan like? Do you like how was your stuff aged? Like,
1: Oh. <laughs> I think terribly. Honestly, <laughs> like, honest, like, it's nowhere. Here's the thing. It it was real, mm-hmm. so real. You know, for it was exactly where I was, and it was exactly honest. You were me. Yeah, you um, at the time. Yeah, it was you. It was me at the time. And, uh, it wasn't, it was just, it's like, uh, it was definitely just a, a stage in creative maturity, you know? I don't know how else to put it other than it was just, it was really honest and authentic and I would never put it out now, you know, because I... Like to refine and have different tools and have different like feelings that I want to make. Mm. Um, but I was just, I was just like a very angry, uh, <laughs> bitter, had a chip on my shoulder, like something to say. Yeah. Like teenager, you know. So that's how it sounded. Yeah. Sounded like that. It came out like that. Yeah, kind of came out exactly. Like that. <laughs> yeah, which is <laughs> perfect because that's what it was. I want to listen to it. Okay.
0: Um, so now what's what's the what's the message now or where do you think the what what is the feeling of it like the felt experience of what you're doing now
1: well it's a lot more there are a lot more colors on my palette now what do you like what do you mean by colors what i mean is like i when i play with jake when i play with that band it's so much more about like fun and get it like A little bougie and tight and, uh, like, make it really fun. Mm -hmm. Make it fun and energetic and kind of, oh, what's the word, like, spanky, you know? (laughs) It wants to be spanky. And then when I'm playing with older brother, like the three of us, me, Jake, and Brooke, it's like, To me, that is all about, to me, that's all about the safety of expressing, like, making it safe and, like, the out-breath, like, feeling of just, you can go into your heartache or you can go into the vulnerable, like, Uh, more sensitive it's a more sensitive experience rather than a more stimulating experience Mm -hmm. Um, and then I would say the stuff that I'm working on myself is like that direction in an extreme like an extremely sensitive uh, soft relaxing it's almost like a lot of it's coming out like very ceremonial or Mm. Meditative, or like it's almost like I almost thought like it 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 would be perfect to just have your whatever your spiritual connective time is like, or whatever your quiet and allowing time is. It'd be perfect for that. Mm.
0: Yeah. So it's like almost in support of ceremony for others
1: too. Totally, because it's from that space in me. It's like when I go down to that place and I feel inspired from there. It's like right. totally the all allowing space in me. Yeah, you know that's 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 saying that's speaking in that in that spot. So, yeah,
0: it's like an invitation.
1: Yeah, like. The song I sent you, that Ordinary Evil, Love Yourself mm-hmm. song, that's like a a great example. That's like on the high energy side <laughs> <laughs> of of uh, that idea or that space. You know, it's mm-hmm. like the highest energy side of that space.
0: What is a what is ceremony like? What does that look like for you? Because I because I know for everybody, it's probably a little bit different.
1: Yeah. Um, well. What it's like, really what it's like for me is it's all about surrender. Yeah. It's all about surrendering and um, remembering. It's almost like it's remembering who I am Mm. in a not trying sense. And it's... Like experiencing instead of remembering? Or is it a remembering... It's like my beingness is remembering. It's not like my mind is recalling the memory. It's like my who who my beingness is remembering who it is. Cool. Um, and remembering... I mean, like maybe remembering as in literally remembering. Yeah. yeah. Like that. But it's like... It's also the surrender piece of it is so important because for me, I'm operating fr- from a worldview that... I don't really know what the i don't really know anything about you know quote unquote the higher power or something like god you know i don't know anything about it besides how i'm relating to that feeling mm. and the and surrendering there is really important to me so the stuff that seems really real for me or stuff that's important to the insights that feel important in that space are like that my life isn't mine, mm. you know, like this this my life isn't mine, you know there's not a, there's not a real there's not a possession in the real sense of of my life, you know, and that's like really important that's an important piece of that ceremony space for me, but the practice, like in my life it looks like going to my little like closet room in my basement and just sitting there and like letting go deeper and deeper and deeper. And I, I have like some pictures of, uh, different, uh, deities down there, not as like a worshiping shrine, but as just a like a things that remind me of, of like a, personification of what I'm surrendering to Mm. you know um, so it's like it's like that and it it really dances the line of being or it doesn't dance the line of being cheesy but it definitely plays with the um, like it'd be easy to perceive it as really cheesy you know it'd be easy to perceive it that way but I was listening to what encouraged me about it like to do it is listening to Ram Dass Talk about. He was talking about his. Um, I even I forget what it's called. It's not even called a shrine, but it's almost a shrine. That's almost the idea of it. Mm-hmm. To for his guru and it has his guru and his guru's guru and all this stuff, like spiritual, um, you know, re- spiritually conjuring items, you know, or or pictures and the way he talked about it was just like. Anything that reminds you of that realm, or anything that calls you into that realm, go for it. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Not as if you need, you know. That I don't, we don't, we don't need it. We could go look at a tree, probably. But mm-hmm. there's something about really specific imagery that's like, you know, I have, I, like, I have these pictures of uh, Lord Krishna in the chariot with Partha, you know, from the Bhagavad Gita, and he's just like you know, showing him thing after thing. And it's, it's this trust for life itself that I don't have control over it and I can trust it and I can surrender to it. Mm -hmm. And anything that reminds me of that goes down there. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, In that room and I just go and sit in that room and in the dark and I might burn some incense or burn some, um, Or just anything that's like comforting and calming. Yeah. You know, I'll just burn it and let go. Yeah. You know, breath after breath. And that's kind of the allowing space and ceremony space for me. And it's a space of pure love, really.
0: Is there any ever, do you ever play in that
1: space? Like music? Um, I have before. I know I have before it's not common though that I play in that environment Mm. Um, I would say I'm in that environment when I'm playing more than I play in that physical environment you know what I mean I don't necessarily bring my music into that room but I very often bring that like emotional space into when I'm playing or it's just present when I'm playing right
0: yeah do you think so what What came first as far as, like, that ceremony space? Because like, mm-hmm. you're kind of playing for people to be in that space. Yeah. And you also curated the space. Mm-hmm. So what came first?
1: Playing in it. Playing in it? Yeah. Playing in it definitely came first. Um, yeah. Like, I, I've always loved playing relaxing music. Mm-hmm. Yeah, ever since the beginning like it was always a form of relaxing and I think even embodying a little bit, you know, for mm-hmm. me. It was about it was about, it's always been about that and so I think that it, that that space can exist outside of music was a huge relief because yeah. it wasn't just confined to that one space. Yeah, you know, that's really it Wasn't cool. just like, you know, I don't know what that would be like for you, but yeah, if it was like, if I can have this, you know, maybe if I can have this sense of flow in this experience and not climb, you know, not climbing or not maybe not, mm-hmm. you know, I don't know what it is exactly for you where mm-hmm. you always felt it, but I have a theory or like a guess that any and all spaces are available in any and all moments and really what is what there is to be discovered is sensitivity, like a sensitivity to that space in a given moment. Yeah. That's what's there to be kind of yeah. discovered. Definitely. That's definitely a theory, it's not a experience because there are a lot of moments when I haven't felt access to you know, that open, allowing place.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think it's a, like a lot of it is the awareness. Bit of it. So I think we can be like we can be in a, in an experience and unaware of like a lot of things within it. Um, it's like for example uh, like when I'm in a new space climbing, like a new area climbing mm-hmm. outside, there's so many new stimuluses
1: mm-hmm.
0: that you know, I can I can be afraid and like lean into that or I can let like the heightened awareness just like gave me, like, an acute view of everything that's going on. Yeah. So I I feel like too it's a, it's a lot of the allowance of it.
1: Yeah, yeah, I feel that.
0: Because if I if I allow myself to experience something, usually it
1: feels a lot more powerful than if I'm like resisting it. Oh, for sure, for sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like keeping the, it's keeping the bandwidth, open. Yeah. You know, it's really It's like not letting. Bits of data get lodged in the intake. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. It's like Absolutely. actually letting that. Yeah. Letting it flow. For sure. Yeah.
0: When you get when you get like uh, in your head or when you get locked up, mm-hmm. like in a creative space, how do you how do you reopen that bandwidth?
1: Uh, <laughs> I'm in discovery of that. I don't. Yeah. I would I would say that I don't know. Like historically, it's to. Um, Historically, it's trying to stimulate myself, mm. you know, and in, in I think what I'd like to, to experiment with and explore some more is what it would look like to increase my sensitivity in, in that, uh, mm. you know, um, Yeah, if I but if I don't feel creatively stimulated or if I don't feel I mean I mean even using the word creatively stimulated as if they're I'm using it in a way that enforces the idea that there needs to be an external thing happening in order for creativity to be present. Mm-hmm. So I see it I see kind of my tendency in the language already, but what I'd like to explore is being sensitive to ever present creativity. Yeah. Yeah. So sorry. So the simple answer is I don't know. You know, yeah. I don't know what I do. You <laughs> know, I know what answer. I, I know what I, trend towards, but I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I think there's a lot to be unlocked in that for me. Mm. You know, because I, I, I've lived with the story that I need to get out of my present experience of. Um, maybe a lack of inspiration in order to be effective. Yeah. And that 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 idea was built by I mean addiction would be the best way to put it. Addiction, addiction to is the best way to put it. Um, increased stimulation. The source of the overstimulation is kind of like a running from right now feeling, mm-hmm. you know, like that. And that's how I would identify addiction. Like what addiction is for me in general is, um, trying to escape, uh, who I am in a given moment or really the experience that is present in a given moment Like trying to get away from that. And so, when it comes down to something like something like creativity that's already wrapped up in my e- like it's already wrapped up in my ego and my idea of myself and who i need to be in order to be loved mm. it's like um, you know the the distinction of it being life giving and being wonderful and open and all allowing mixed with it being integrated into an identity Mm-hmm. um there's there's such a pull towards whatever is giving us that life you know or giving me that life to be honest whatever is giving me that life there's such a pull towards it that it's like if that feels like it's going away in any moment the part of me that needs it to survive is like can't let a moment be absent you know of that and it's like oh you, you know um like, drink alcohol, you know, smoke tobacco, uh, you know, get high, get high some way, you know Mm. what I mean? Create some, encounter some type of, like, stimulation or chaos, you know, in order to incite some movement here. Mm. Um, And that's really, like, that's really what I'm looking at right now. It's like, is it true that I need to basically nurse an addiction, nurse addiction, in order to be creative? Mm-hmm. And the nice part is, like, my knowing that my creativity is going to win no matter what. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I can, like, actually rest in that of, like, let's say, like, I had a story that if I'm not smoking, I'm not creative. You know, if I'm not mm-hmm. smoking tobacco, then I'm not creative. just feels horrible to say that you know one because i'm like oh i feel like i'm bullshitting myself in a major way and yet i'm still doing it Mm -hmm. and you can see the hypocrisy of it totally it's like of course like you're gonna say that because it's you're you want to hold on to that addiction no matter how it doesn't matter how you hold on to it it's just going to try to survive Mm -hmm. and um upon, like, looking at that and taking taking a step back from that and took a month with, like, no tobacco whatsoever and just said, okay, is it possible to be creative without this? Mm-hmm. And what it happened? totally is. Yeah, it <laughs> yeah. totally is possible. I totally didn't need that in order to be creative. And my relationship to that is... Um, it's that I don't get to play that game on myself anymore, mm. you know. And so, if I want to, sm- like, if I want to smoke, fine. You know, I'm not like, I'm not um, determined to never smoke again or to not smoke ever or anything like that. But I am determined to not lie to myself about what I'm doing when I'm doing it, mm-hmm. and saying that i need that in order to be creative and and breaking that uh tendril mm-hmm. you know felt really good yeah. <laughs> because it's like oh i'm i'm free to actually ask myself is this what i want or is it not what yeah, i want
0: it's like attaching something that attaching to things that aren't really related
1: yeah they're not related at all and um it's easy to look and see a correlation mm-hmm. anywhere you want to. Right. You know what I mean? Because if I like, because I'm writing the script, I'm writing the script of. Well, I just can't be creative if I mm-hmm. if I don't you know smoke, and I'm going to be left out when all the people in my bands go out and smoke, and I don't get, and I don't, and like they're connecting, and I'm not, and like you know it's this whole story. This whole story of disconnection, whether it's from my own creativity or from the people I'm creating with, mm-hmm. you know, and it's like. I don't have to I don't have to exist in that and if that is true I'm clear about which thing I'm going to prioritize.
0: Like what you're choosing specifically.
1: Meaning if it is actually true and correlated that I can't be creative without smoking tobacco Mm -hmm. I'm clear that I will choose being creative and smoking tobacco. Mm. So, set that on the set that on the shelf, and walk away and see is that I mean, now there's no pressure. You know mm. what I mean? There's no pressure to be like, I'm gonna lose the life giving thing if this is actually true. You know what I mean? Which is the game I was playing of like yeah, yeah. that's the those were the stakes I was creating for myself around it. You know? The stakes were pretty high, right? Yeah, they were high. It's like, yeah. uh, and then. If I'm clear about my commitment, then I'm a little more free to experiment and see, see what is actually there for me. And luckily, like, that is um, just very much a lie I was telling myself, you know? That's good to find out. Yeah. And, I'm, and I'm so lucky because, like, you know, I'm saying that about uh, smoking tobacco, Mm-hmm. Um, and some people are saying that about heroin. Yeah. You know what I mean. Some people are having that exact same experience of like their relationship to a substance that will kill them way quickly. You know, much more and destroy their lives much more quickly, and it's interrelated with their very source of uh, feeling alive, like mm-hmm. you know, being creative. And I listen to it. I listened to a conversation that. Um, Trent Reznor had mm. with someone where he's talking about that and saying like he just thought for a long time that addiction was the only way to be creative or be a musician. Like you know? He
0: would lose who he
1: was and how he yeah. did it. Yeah, yeah. And added add the factor of achieving massive success mm-hmm. while inside of that paradigm. Lots you know, of added it's pressure like, to that. Wow, yeah. Like The yeah. current... That courage to experiment and take it away, you know, is like that's nowhere near what I'm dealing you know, I'm dealing in I'm dealing in, you know, really small game of like of like my in terms of having people a large group of people listen to what I've done and approve of it, that hasn't happened yet. You know what I mean? In my and I, I hope it does happen, but I'm glad that I'm getting clear on this stuff <laughs> before something like that happened. Otherwise, I could just be addicted to whoever I was at the moment. You know that quote-unquote success happened. Mm-hmm. And that sounds so much more limiting than just being in discovery of self.
0: Yeah, because then you're chasing the byproduct. Yeah, yeah. Of something.
1: Yeah, yeah. Oh man. And I'm like, I played that. You know, I'm playing that game in a big way and like looking at that game in a big way for myself.
0: What was the difference of your expression when you weren't smoking? It's probably changed. Mm. Or at least not like having tobacco.
1: Yeah. It's a good question that I'm not sure how to, that I know how to answer. Because it feels like there are a lot more factors. Mm-hmm. It feels like, well, you know,
0: not only was I not
1: smoking, but um, I was in this stage of my life that I wasn't in right before that, mm-hmm. unrelated to the, you know, to the whatever chemical restrictions I put on myself. But...
0: Like, did it have an effect on your process or anything...
1: I think I just kept feeling surprised when it was there. Mm. I kept feeling surprised when it was like, oh my God, I feel so, I'm having so so much fun. (laughs) Yeah. You know, I'm having so much fun being creative with my friends and with like these people and writing, still just writing songs. And like, it was almost like nothing changed. Mm. And it was like, oh, that's not, that's cool that nothing, you know, after the initial few, you know, days of feeling, um, Irritable because you know I wasn't smoking. Mm. You know it's like oh nothing really changed that much. Like it's all right here. Mm. You know it's all right here.
0: It's still available.
1: Yeah, it's still it's still totally available. It might be flavored a little differently, but I don't feel like I have to be. Um... Well right now is that the feeling of indulgence Mm -hmm. is central to to feeling the freedom to create feeling of indulgence and so to indulge in the creation itself was enough Mm -hmm. you know to indulge in that experience of creation and fun and like um, get into it, you know type of behavior mm-hmm. is enough indulgence to feel, to feel free mm-hmm. you know it doesn't it doesn't need to be housed in this context of like we're all drinking or we're all you know right. smoking or we're all whatever mm-hmm. you know.
0: the act of playing yeah it's indulgent is enough. enough yeah <laughs> yeah you're already indulging you're already
1: indulging yeah because it's so beyond survival that you know you're yeah. so beyond um like a material need structure at the point that you're in an air-conditioned room with five other people playing music. Mm -hmm. You know? You're so... (laughs) You're pretty taken care of. (laughs) You're pretty taken care of at that point. Yeah, you're pretty taken care of at that point. So it can... So it's like a a total indulgence, you know, to not need to be gathering food or protecting yourself. Right. Yeah. What... So you've you taught
0: a good amount of music. Yeah. But you make the distinction of saying you're a music mentor instead <laughs> of a music teacher. Yeah. Why do you do, why do you make
1: that distinction? Uh it was so important to me to be clear about in what way I want to be a contribution to people's lives, like my students' lives. And so just just my priority is so geared towards it would mean so much more to me to have um, 30 people who get to create music in their lives for the rest of their lives Mm -hmm. than to create one or two master students who went on to be you know in a symphony or in a you know what like a world touring band or something you know
0: so it seems like you're you're wanting success or sorry well-being yeah over a success like overall well-being yeah
1: i want i want to give this space of creative allowance much more than i want to give um the experience of being worshiped.
0: Mm. That's a good way to put it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So
1: because I because I because what's given to me of music, like what music has given to me and what my own creativity has given to me mm-hmm. is a, is that experience of my own safety. Mm-hmm. And that experience of you can always come like there's always you can always go and pick up an instrument and start to work out how you feel. it mm. with that instrument, or with your voice, or with whatever. No rules. And um, that's always the goal for me. Is like if I if I see that I can give that, then that's that's the goal. And I don't. What's funny is like you need the same tools. No matter you know, you need the same tools to get there, no matter what. So to take a student from um, to take a student from where they are with no knowledge to wherever it is they want to go, there's an alphabet, you know, or a language that has to get established in between where they are and where they want to go. Mm-hmm. And I always felt like the key was. To talk about where they want to go and talk about how how I can contribute to that, and then start on the alphabet mm-hmm. instead of being fixated on the alphabet or the language that I'm teaching. You know, because that really doesn't matter that much.
0: I just had a, a
1: thought. It's
0: it's like going to like Japan to learn Japanese. Mm. You're going to the place first, mm. and then you're learning the language. Mm. That's kind of
1: what it. I used. To. I used to say it this way. I used to say I this is a fundament this is like a core belief about the education of music as it is now that I think it would it would do well to change. Or I should say a better way of putting this. I think that the education structure right now would do well to change this in regards to music. Okay. That When children are born, our expectation of them is that first they start to, um, they're listening to other people speak and communicate, and being communicated with. Then they're taking on like a small amount of that language, and the first thing that, that, that we are communicating when we learn language is we're communicating from where we are, we're communicating our needs we're communicating our experience and our feelings and it might start with I'm hungry or it might start with like I love you or Mm. you know it's like about right here where you are being expressed and then later what language starts to do later is it's like it's about uh, learning to record those things like by writing or to experience other people as they've recorded themselves mm-hmm. by reading and when we get to music we go the exact opposite and say in order to express yourself first you're going to need to learn to, it's like learn it's learning to read and write before you learn to speak mm-hmm. is how music is taught now oh yeah and i'm just like and to me it's so counterintuitive because it's the exact opposite of the way i came to it i learned to speak first with music because it was just a part of my household and my dad was a musician and I would sing with him or he would play the piano and it blew my mind like getting into my later teenage years and still being just on fire with a passion for music and seeing all these people who were my peers who had taken piano lessons or violin lessons their whole life who were totally burnt out who were just sick of it you know, and they're like, yeah, I, I gave that up because I just got so, it became too much. Right. And I was like, I took it up because everything was too much. Yeah. You know, because life was too much and that's where I went with that too muchness. Mm-hmm. And it's like, it's, I felt like they had been robbed. You know, I felt like they had been robbed of the experience that I was having, which was yeah. like, I pick up my instrument when I need decompression. And for them, it was literally compressing them. It they was, had to. Yeah, they had to. And so the whole, like, I've always been just really disenchanted when it's a parent like, communicating the necessity of discipline through music lessons. And I'm their vehicle for that. You yeah. know what I mean? I've just always been so, I'm just not interested. I'm not interested. Mm-hmm. And there have been a few positions that i've been in where i'm i'm still digging to have it connect mm. i'm still with it, with the child i'm still digging to have it connect and that's what i'm working on and i might be working on that for a year yeah. to like have it connect to something that would be life giving for them mm. you know like i t- i had a student one time and music definitely wasn't his first uh, proclivity. It's not the first thing he wanted to spend his time on. And it was very much an imposition of discipline for him from from his parents. Like, we want you to push him more. We want you to challenge him more. And they would always want me to do a full hour with him. And he would be maxed at 30 minutes. I could tell that anything that's happening over 30 minutes is just creating a knot in his stomach the next time I come over. you know, And I asked him, "Hey, what do you what do you envision? What do you want for guitar? Like when you picture your life, you know, tell me about paint a picture of your life and where guitar fits in your life." And he's like, "I'm in the NFL. I have like a badass, uh, like high rise loft, and I have a guitar hanging on my wall. And whenever people are over, I can pick it up and play it anytime." Yeah. And I was like. Okay, perfect. I can get you there. Yeah. <laughs> and you have to worry about the football thing. Right. Um, I can help with that But hard. I can help with the guitar part of that vision. You know yeah. what I mean? And when we could stay connected to that vision, working on guitar, not like pulling teeth, but when it's just about me being a surrogate, a surrogate parent, like enforcing and disciplining and being hard on, you know, wanting me to be hard on them or whatever. hmm it's like, I'm just not interested because I'm not interested in debasing my craft that way.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I understand completely. Yeah. Like, that's been, the space that I come from teaching rock climbing is always, I just want to see them experience climbing. And mm-hmm. I'm there just to support in all that comes with that. Yeah. And I, I like to see uh, how that person does it specifically. Mm-hmm. I don't like to tell somebody how to climb stuff because I want to see how they would climb it. Mm-hmm. It's like a, I think that happens a lot with climbing is you overemphasize technique in the beginning mm. when it should, they should just be kind of having fun and being kind of like a baby deer a little bit. A baby deer. Like you kind of just, you kind of just need to have some fun with it and yeah. like move around a bit and mm-hmm. experience yourself and maybe develop a little bit of your own style. hmm before you really drill all that technique,
1: yeah. And what's funny is along the way, along the way, one way of putting it, from, like that, I used to think about is like I might ask somebody, okay, what do you want to be able to do? And they say, oh, I want to write a novel that's like a love story about, um, you know, a sailor and a uh, princess, and it needs to have these elements. And I say, okay, okay, great. What we need to do to get you there is we need to start with the alphabet. And they're like, oh, okay, cool. Let's start with the alphabet, right? Yeah. yeah. And then I talk to somebody else, and I'm like, okay, what do you, where do you want to get? And they're just like, um, I want to... I want to write a book about the Pythagorean theorem. Yeah. And I want to write a book about the Pythagorean theorem and explain aesthetics to people mm. in a way that just lights them up. And I say, "Okay. We got to start on the alphabet because that's what's going to get you to writing this book." You know yeah. what I mean? And it it doesn't matter what where you which Yeah, it doesn't matter. The directionality hardly matters in the beginning at all. Mm. But it really matters to have it in mind. Yeah. You know? Yeah. The, the here, one second. Hey. Right it
0: just wants to be out here. So yeah. so in the end, it's like it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter the direction. It always starts with the alphabet.
1: It always starts with the alphabet and when you say the direction that you're going, the alphabet is so palatable.
0: Mm, that's true, <laughs> you know what I mean, yeah, yeah,
1: it's like okay, you know here's here's where we start, and it's like, I'm willing to start there because that because where I want to go is you know yeah i I used to like silly overblown examples, but the point is it's helpful to have a vision <laughs> totally you have yeah. to you have to it's helpful, like yeah.
0: Sometimes I struggle with that with with climbing because um, sometimes it's like you know, if you broadly just if you broadly just want to get better at at climbing, it's like okay, well you can just you can just climb and do that. If if somebody has something specific to aim at it or like a, a vision of what they want out of it, it does make it a lot easier as a teacher to like guide in that vision a little bit. Yeah. It's like going on a hike and it's like where are we going? And the and it's like, well, I don't know. Like you've got to have some vision of where you're going to to engage, I feel like.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well to manifest effort. Yeah. There's gotta be a somewhere other than right here. You know, somewhere somewhere other than there has to be desire. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there has to be desire
0: there. What what helps you paint? What helps you paint a vision, and assist in that like creative process
1: with, especially young like younger people. Um, I think one thing that really helps me is the ability to remember how it feels. Being like to be a kid, mm-hmm. like remembering the unique pressures that happened then, or the um, really what I'm getting at is an overall sense of empathy. You know, mm-hmm. with like I'm not I I have held on to childishness. Uh, in a way, like I protected it from society in a way that is really enabling for me to connect with, connect with it in a way that, like, I'm not ashamed of it, you know? It's
0: having that innocence with it intact.
1: Yeah. What do you, what do you think,
0: because that innocence is oftentimes, like, beat up pretty bad by yeah. the time we get older. Yeah. What do you think has helped keep that
1: intact? throughout your life uh it being with like with with kids it's not Mm. you know it's still there it's still there with them
0: does that help it does that help unlock it with you
1: yeah that's what i'm saying that's what i'm saying is like what helps me keep Mm -hmm. that unlocked is uh experiencing it in them yeah yeah what is that what does that come come out as Oh man, <laughs> it comes out as like, alright, I'm gonna count down from five, and when I finish counting down from five, you're gonna, like, we're gonna, you're gonna slam every part of your drum set as much as you want, like, for a few minutes, and it's just gonna be energy time. Like, we're gonna yeah. see how much energy you can get out on this drum kit. Yeah. Know? And, you know, having like a, Seven year old girl, do that. Yeah. You know, that's so it's just awesome. why, You know, we just go crazy for a second. Yeah. One time I, I, was in this, I was in this position teaching two kids in this family one guitar and one drums, and the little girl was learning drums, and we would do that. We'd just go crazy. And honestly, like, I felt like I just intuitively felt like the more of that we did, the more she was ready to hear instruction. And so we might do 10 of 30 minutes being just, like, this energetic, like, craziness, you know? Yeah. And it would be intermittent. If would be like, oh, I can tell I'm losing her because she has a ton of energy. Right. And it needs to be focused on something. And we would say, okay, let's, like, get, do this to get some energy out. Yeah. And, uh, it was only later she, uh, she mentioned to me, she's like, uh, there was a. It was like kind of a bigger house and like a, you know, a well-to-do family, and they had. I never realized it, but they had like a camera in the teach in the music room, and I was like, I wonder if they're watching me. Like the parents yeah. are watching me, just like you know, show up with my briefcase and shake yeah. their hand and walk down there and then turn into a seven-year-old. And, yeah, <laughs> and we're just gonna go crazy on these drums. Go for 10 minutes. Yeah. yeah, but it was. I mean, yeah, just feeling that. And not having any resistance in it towards them is what feeling that and not having resistance in it towards me. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, not having shame about it mm-hmm. in me, like, that really helped, mm-hmm. you know? And my personality is such that if I feel as though something is a certain beingness is pre- is uh, missing from a situation, I'll embody it mm-hmm. pretty like, to a, to a point where it's uh, compulsive, mm. you know? It just ha- kind of happens. That it way. just kind of happens that way. And so that, you know, so that worked to my advantage a lot in getting people out of their shells because I can tell if somebody's locked up and there's no, they can't just play and have fun and relax and let loose, then I'm going to be this, like, wild man, mm-hmm. you know, for 30 minutes, and I will just be constantly pulling them out of their shell mm-hmm. and... Letting them know over and over again that it's okay to be crazy sometimes, yeah, you know, and if uh if a if the opposite is happening and there's no focusing of the energy that's happening, then I'll be um really calm and really like focusing the energy or doing breath exercise- like meditative breath exercises in between. You know practices of a song or something like that to really envision bringing the bringing the energy to a point mm. um, or bringing the awareness to a place in, yeah. in what we're working on but it's like focusing the energy on something yeah but i I can be either of those things like i can mm. I can be either of those things and uh, I will kind of inevitably be the expression of whatever's being repressed around me mm. yeah. Interesting. <laughs> yeah, which is why it's it's such a it's such a gift in the. Like, if I'm. I constantly know where the edge of everyone's comfort is, mm. you know. Mm-hmm. So if people are uncomfortable at this certain point, I know where it is, and I and I get and I can play at that. I like to play kind of out at that edge and see. Yeah. You know how how uncomfortable can we get, and I'm. I think regulating that is the name of the game (laughs) for sure yeah
0: i've noticed that too with uh sometimes it's helpful for me to climb like when i'm when i'm coaching it helps for me to climb and then to like support me in my climbing so i can express like maybe you know maybe they need to be making some noise and breathing really loud so just Mm. expressing like that it's okay to make noise while you climb and it's okay to like kind of be wild mm-hmm. on the wall and like express yourself and do big moves and just move like freely mm-hmm. and open instead of like this really like particular like really controlled way mm-hmm. so i i think sometimes i see that with your mirroring how that can be helpful
1: yeah yeah i think i think it is i think it's a good gift to give people it's fun lot too the time. yeah it's fun, because you get to just be,
0: like, it's nice to be able to be Jordan, mm-hmm. and that's, like, your job.
1: Yeah, that is nice. <laughs> it's just show up as yourself. Yeah, yeah, it makes me miss, makes me miss teaching uh, mm-hmm. a lot. Do you
0: see yourself getting back more into uh,
1: teaching... Like, specifically teaching is, like, your career? I see myself giving in that way. Mm. Um, I don't know what it will manifest as exactly, but I do see myself giving in that way. Like, I have a couple of ideas bouncing around right now that are kind of a new expression of how to give in that way Mm. um, that I'm playing with. One is, like, a community choir Mm. idea of, like, maybe organizing a community choir. Yeah. Um, I think that... One of the ways that I, one of the things that led to my, um, to my change in, you know, to letting uh, teaching phase out, Mm -hmm. was that I was traveling to my students, and it that meant that I didn't have a space that was desi- de- dedicated to that. It meant that I was just in whatever room they had available in their house. And I mm-hmm. think the next iteration of teaching will have a space where that I curate. Where I say these are the things that I want as options. You know what I mean? In in this teaching moment. like I want it as an option to uh, hit record no matter what. Mm-hmm. I want it as an option to do group lessons like more than one student at a time working with each other and just letting it like really letting it enter and anything goes place mm-hmm. and collaborative place I think that I think that's what I'd like to give to stu- like students who are on a particular level there's a particular level of efficacy that needs to precede that but once that's there, it's like, oh yeah, like let's let's really get into it. Because it's never it's never too early. Like there's no reason you have to be, you know, in college to start your band or like there's no reason for any of that for sure. And if I had someone, like, now. yeah, if I had someone like me curating a group of individuals who are on the same skill level, like if I had that when I was a young teenager, I would have just loved it. Yeah, you know. Yeah, it so, been amazing. Yeah, so, yeah, that so why not? So good. Yeah. yeah, and someone who was like, like, you know, if we, if if I got, if I got someone like you who was more into the programming and more into that side, mm-hmm. why don't we run with that? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, I had a student who we started on guitar, and then he got FL Studio, and he was like, "Dude, I'm just into like this now," and I'm like, "Yes." Be into that? Yeah, that's great. Go do it. I'll see. I'll help you. I'll teach you how to record, or I'll teach you how to you know yeah. whatever. I've done all that. Where it's like, oh, let's do a tech lesson. Like let's do a lesson that's about you being able to capture these ideas, or let's do a let's do a lesson. You know, let's, we'll do a lesson every now and again that's totally about music theory, but it'll be in the context of here's how you can communicate to other musicians what you're doing, mm. or what you want, what you'd like
0: them to do. Yes, yeah. yeah, so it's it's like uh it's letting the lesson be whatever comes up I feel like is an important one. Yes. Yes. That it's hard I found it <laughs> I found it hard like you said, not having your own space. I'm kind of at the will of what's happening at the gym that day. Mm-hmm. You know? So yeah. and like you said, creating like a ceremony space, how important that is?
1: Yeah. I used to feel insecure about that, you know, and looking back, it's like, dude, I, I was so doing the right thing, like, I was so, or I was so doing what is the inspiring thing for me, Yeah. you know, but I would be embarrassed that I would just let, a let. I'm like, oh, what if a parent found out that I was just literally following their inspiration the entire time, are they going to think I'm less of a teacher or less of a, dude, whatever, yeah. and I'm like, now looking back, I'm like. I always, at the end of the day, I would always come to, you know what, I stand by, I stand by who I am in this, like, I stand by what I'm, I stand by what I am a stand for, you know, which is their creativity and their inspiration, but, um, you know, it's kind of funny, the structure that, the structure that we live in says, you better be careful with things that are fun and exploratory and expressive, you know. You better be careful with that stuff. Mm-hmm. You wouldn't want to be a failure, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. Uh, and I just think, like, I kind of, I, I kind of think I'd like to try some of that stuff. You know, I'd like to be playing and it seems to me that that's where genius lives.
0: Yeah, that's all. That's always felt the best. Yeah. That's always felt right. As yeah. far, not right, but just. It's felt, I feel the, the most fulfilled when I'm in those spaces. Like yeah. with whatever I do. Yeah. Like with climbing, especially if I'm in a space of like curiosity, there's always more space for me to show up within that. And like, even if it's really difficult,
1: mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> showing up in that space, showing up in, as a curious, showing up curious in that space, always feels yeah better than showing up yeah it's like an authority yeah. or something
1: <laughs> yeah just using the forum of teaching a skill so you can either use it to uh, enforce or dismantle a prohibitive view of authority mm. you know in which and what do you, what would you rather be like what's more inspiring you know what i mean what really what hits home more is being like an encourager a coach a mentor those are good terms like the coach and mentor those are great terms teacher instructor um, master master yeah exactly those things are it's like that's not i mean it gets the, it might get the job done but it's not inspiring. And it seems like the people who have contributed the most have somehow been able to keep that play and freedom and willingness to fail of it they've 've kept that available somehow mm-hmm. you know they 've somehow kept that piece of themselves open, and they 're the anomalies, maybe not because of the particular genius that they have, but their particular ability to still offer it to this world. Mm-hmm. You yeah. know? Yeah. To this culture, still offer yeah. that sense to this world.
0: And, and the dedication to making the distinction that they're, you know, the the mentor instead of the master. Mm. Like the dedication to, to staying in, in that, like, I feel like it's just just staying in that realm. Leaves it open. It's like the that leaves it open to consistently be learning. And consistently be a student yourself. Yeah. As soon as you start calling yourself a master, I like, feel like it's like, okay, nothing more to learn now. It's like I've got it all figured out.
1: Yeah, I did it.
0: Yeah, I did it. I'm, I'm the best. hmm What in like everyday life keeps you aligned with, like, who you are. You don't really have that, like, musical space available, you know?
1: Mm. There's
0: lots of dubs outside. Mm. They all hang out and live on the, on the windowsill. Oh, okay. <laughs> There's, like, 15 of them oftentimes right there. Wow. Yeah. I think mean, that's cool. No. Come here. I think he wants to explore the really doves. That's cool. Yeah, it catches um, me off guard a lot of the times. <laughs> they just fly <laughs> out of
1: there yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. I think... I'm in, I'm in discovery of what keeps me alive with that. Um but it seems like life just kind of does it mm-hmm. for me, you know? Because when I leave I feel it. You know, when I leave that place, I feel it and it, it's like oh what oh, what's happening and it's like oh I'm I'm carrying on like I have the answer or there's a right and a wrong that I need I'm responsible to enforce with the world and it just doesn't feel good yeah. because I lose relationship you know because I'm prior, like it's when I I start to prioritize being right over being in relationship you know and it's like that's not what, that's a, That kind of has its own built-in like feeling of not very fulfilled. Like, I'm not feeling very fulfilled when I'm being that way, mm-hmm. you know? And I just feel like a knot in my stomach and, you know, stressed out and me against the world, mm-hmm. me against reality, you know? Mm-hmm. What, what re-centers you when
0: you're, like, mm-hmm. in that space, you know?
1: Surrendering and remembering who I am. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, sometimes fucking up. Yeah. Yeah. Just like... Just a good solid fuck up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Would just be like, oh. <laughs> oh. I'm not per- like, I'm not perfect, and so I can just relax then.
0: Yeah. You know?
1: Leaning into that is like, okay, cool. Yeah. Or, yeah, yeah. yeah remembering which part of it gives life you know going and experiencing that thing again so just playing mm-hmm. you know remembering that it's just playing music mm-hmm. that's what's that's what's so great about it and that's why I'm so like into it is because that's what's fun mm-hmm. and then just go do that you just go do that and remember like oh man like I have this idea that like If we don't do things a certain way, we're not going to get the right number of Spotify plays, or no, these people aren't going to listen to the to our music, or it's never going to work out. And I'm going to get too old, and nobody's going to know my name or know who I am. And I'm too lazy, or I'm taking on too much, or you know, any any manifestation of that. Mm. And then like just playing, yeah. you know, just playing and that being enough, and that being fun, mm-hmm. just that it's fun and that if I live a life of that being fun and doing and prioritizing that, then that's good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, I would say that recenters me.
0: For sure. Yeah. And you can, cha- like, champion, championing, being the champion of that for others in itself is like being a teacher mm-hmm. or being a mentor. It's like, that's something that I've been really trying to lean into. Like, when when I'm in a space or I'm teaching somebody, mm-hmm. like I don't have to do anything. Just me being there and, like, me engaging and me being open is enough. Mm-hmm. That's, I feel like as soon as I try to add, or as soon as I try, mm-hmm. then that's when it gets weird. Yeah, it does get weird. It gets really weird really fast. <laughs> so weird. Because <laughs> people, people energetically can... know when you are like like forcing something putting something out there that's like not true yeah it's like a felt experience even if you can't put language on it you can feel it
1: Yeah. yeah
0: so I've been trying to be careful with or at least just be myself and that's what I was saying too about like it's been helpful to go into sessions with people and Tell them exactly how i'm feeling mm-hmm. like if i'm feeling like i'm having a rough day and i'm feeling like it's hard for me to communicate or something like yeah. and then know that i'm in more of a space of listening mm-hmm. but even that like just little things like that are so helpful yeah yeah what uh do you have anything that you have experienced or been thinking about lately that feels really important to like kind of close with. Hmm.
1: I think what you just said is like what I'm what I'm learning right now too, which is like my version of it looks something like Let it, letting myself be myself, and not having to augment that. Um, in order to get love, basically, or in order to get accepted, to be accepted mm-hmm. by people. Um, and so the I I made the I made this I made this kind of this tree. Uh, drawing in my journal that was like it's it's like my not self-love tree mm. you know because I've I just start been feeling overwhelmed with the ebb and flow like the ebb and flow of life and like the insight of life for me is very just very much I feel like there's I definitely have a intense kind of ebb and flow in that and sometimes Right now, I'm in flow, mm-hmm. and a lot of insight about life is coming up to the surface. And when I say insight about life, I just mean me seeing me. Mm. Um, yeah. To me, that's like a contribution. Can you
0: can you explain that? Like You seeing you, because it's like you seeing you and then sharing the experience oh, okay. of that, it's like a super good contribution for people.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's where I've been. Yeah, that's where I've been. It's just a lot, a lot moving towards the surface. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, what I, what I would share is like, um, in looking at the ways that I'm withholding love for myself, Mm. um, I real. I am realizing that like, I, I do think that we're all kind of, we are all kind of broken. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't mean that in the sense of, we're all wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean it in the sense that we all have hurts, mm-hmm. you know, we all have to, are things that are, we all are trees that had to grow through some fence of some kind, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? And, we're still trees, but it's not like a, we're not just un, unimpacted by the fence. You know, yeah. we're kind of bent around it in some way or another. Right. And um, for me, just being, just being real and honest about some of those places mm. has felt so liberating yeah and like a window to loving myself is like is opening there for sure um, I see that, yeah, so <laughs> so that's the that's what's happening right that's what's happening for me right now is looking at like um, particularly particularly the uh brokenness that i am embarrassed to have like have shame around. Mm -hmm. You know? I'm like, oh I should be beyond this, or this is superficial. Like the main thing is um, judging my body Mm -hmm. for not being good enough. Mm -hmm. For not, you know, looking good enough or performing good enough. And it's like I've been so afraid talk about that or express that or even maneuver that for myself mm. because it because it's so easy to judge that I have that mm. issue you know if we could call it that like I that I have that issue is embarrassing right feels embarrassing um, you know because it's superficial or something like that and I guess all I would say is like I'm loving the opening that that is because when i'm there and like actually just letting myself be a person who doesn't have it all together Mm -hmm. i can see everyone else so much better i can see the person i'm talking to so much better like i had breakfast with my dad this morning and i could see my dad so much better yeah. you know just being in this being in this place of like not uh, rejecting that I am where I am mm. all of a sudden like I was moved to tears just looking at my dad and being like how amazing is it that I just get to sit with my dad you know right and it's amazing that's an amazing space yeah it's an amazing space and so that's just it's something that'm something that's here and something that I'm loving right now. I dig it. Yeah, That's a good place to be. Yeah, Thanks for
0: listening. If you want to check out more of Jordan's music, you can check the show notes below, and I'll put all of my info there as well. We're going to close with a new song by Jordan Thompson called Devotion. Thanks, guys. Love ya. Bye.